Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds. Budget Blinds! Did you know? Did I know? Budget Blinds is your home for enlightened style shades. They are all hail, our robot shade overlords. I feel like I need to, you know, some kind of sane all hail thing. No, we're good. We're fine. I would say this. Look. I need to show my loyalty. Proper. Well, we all know. We keep making this ad. We know. They know how loyal we are to them and how loyal they are to us. But also, and I think more importantly, how dedicated they are to giving people the highest quality, like blinds, window treatments, home deck, interior decoration stuff, you name it. They're going to be the people that can help you get from where you are to where you want to be through the security, the ease of access, the fun tech parts, all of those things about your Enlightened Style Shades. And they've been doing it right in our community for 20 years, Jason. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to our friends at Budget Blinds. And Jason, I got something else. What's that? Do you know? Where you can go to meet our robot shade overlords? I believe that they have a store right in the heart of downtown Lee Summit. So go see our friends. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. The Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is also brought to the good people by Ask Kathy of Keller Williams Realty, another local company celebrating 20 years of service. This is our, maybe, is this our standard that we have to, everybody has to reach to be able to get into the podcast other than, you know, like pay us money, uh, is, uh, is yeah. to, to be, to get the advertising. They've got to be 20. They got to be legit and have to be here for 20 years. And Kathy, I don't have the highest. Day. Wait, at Kelly no, yeah, Williams Re- Realty is that level of legit 20 years of serving people look through the ups and downs. And there have been some downs in the market over the last 20 years. I think we can all refer to the 2008 time frame when everything was a disaster. She was here then she helped people then she's helping people now when the market is hot and maybe even starting to come off of the super hot, but it's still a great time to visit our friends at ask Kathy. If you, if you are ready to buy or sell a home here in Lee summit, they are the ones to go to. All you got to do, Jason, tell them Jason Nick sing it. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who has won the spousal birthday present game. It is Nick Parker, the publisher of it's Link true. to Lee Summit. Quite what, literally. What that present? Well, not literally, actually, but it was fire. It was fire. But okay, so you just need to tell the people what you got her. I got my wife, this won't sound as cool, a new TV console. Okay, come on. You've got to hit the caveat. Little, little details. The caveat, right in the middle of it, one of those fake fireplace things that's also a space heater. So you got, you got her, to be clear, a cool new thing for her to build that provides her warmth and a, an, an, an aesthetically, aesthetically pleasing place for the TV to sit. Yes. Win, win, win. Yes. Did you get a birthday kiss? I did. There you go. So you have won the spousal birthday present game. Woo! Victory. I only hope that I can do close to as well me, coming up here we, for we, me. Are your, you uh, replaced toilets in your house this week? I did, but that wasn't is, a Is that the same kind of win? Uh, yes, but if I did that as a birthday present, I would be rightfully. Would you be flushed? Uh, I would be rightfully hounded <laughs> by the public, the, the household, and everybody else. But now everybody's happy because like they're, you know. The 40-year-old house has toilets that are not 40 years old. There you go. They changed the rules on those sorts of things in the middle, so technology has improved. All right, uh, our unofficial sponsor today is those who show up to vote. 
it is election season. This uh, is the final town hall episode before the next election. Is that right? right. No, because it's on the eighth. Because the first, well, I'm is a week. A I'm a week ahead. That's okay. But well, all right. We're just going to skip to it. It's Jason, also Jason. You have an announcement to make. I do. It is. Uh, it is time. I. Have uh, we have been doing this podcast for a long time, five and a half, six years, something like March of 2016. There we go. So six plus years we have been doing this podcast together, and it is one of the it's one of our weekly joys to get to hang out together, do the podcast, spread a little good news about what's going on in the city, keep people up to date, informed, help people talk about all the things. But I also have to eat and pay my mortgage. And do other things. So I have taken a new job with the city of Blue Springs. And boo. Yep. I'm not joining in in the boo hiss, but you get the point. You're, our least summit focus podcast can boo about about that. That's fine. Well, I'm booing. All, you're leaving. Right. And as and a result. also that you're going to that evil town to the east. Yeah. In which you grew up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and also, but what that means is it's probably bad form in the overall scheme of things for me to be on a podcast where we regularly take shots at our local elected officials while I go work for a city and a bunch of local elected officials. Like, I don't think we take shots. Well, they're not unfair we, shots. We hold accountable. Yeah, but I don't think that necessarily I can do public accountability in that way. Probably not. Anymore. Probably would not be good for your uh, sustainability of your employment. So as such, this is not the final episode, but there is only one more that will follow of this version of the podcast. I'm not writing the future for Nick Parker. The Town Hall podcast will continue. In some form. But with many tears. T-B-D. Right. Is that what we're going to say about that? So Nick's, Nick's needs some time for some personal reflection. Uh, to come up with an idea or six and try them out and figure out how he wants to move things going forward. But there we go. And we're, and we're going to get into some talk about what we've, what we've done for the last five or six years with this, with this podcast and kind of the things that we try to do and, and why it started. Right. We'll tell that story again next week in the final episode. And I got a, I got a couple surprises. All right. Well then when, and I'm not, I, I know nothing about this. So but, we're going to good. But as we as you make this announcement, I thought it would be fun. Uh, so I I asked you, mm-hmm. said, "Hey, your last couple episodes, who's somebody you want to have on? What's what's a final guest that you would like to request?" And I don't know why you chose this guest. Okay, I mean, this let's is, be clear. Hold on, I had a list of choices. You had a list of choices, and you chose this person because everybody else said no. Because everybody else said no. No, that's I mean, not true. That's not, that's not true at all. That's not true. But I think it's very fitting because what did we do? What is the thing you say at the very beginning of every episode? Uh, welcome again to Lisa Summertown. Oh, wait, no. Oh, the thing about what you can do to make a difference. Right. We started the show <laughs> wanting to talk to and about people who are out in the community doing good, who are making our community the awesome place that it is. So we're going to welcome back by Jason's choice for some reason. One last time. Unmuzzling. Unmuzzle. Matt Sanning. Matt, how executive are you? Executive Director for Lee Summit Social Services, Matt. Howdy, Matt. What's up, guys? Yeah, Good there to be he back. is. He's the, our boy is here. I uh, mean, can we say that this show like kind of sparked what has become a great friendship? No, I wouldn't say that at all. Oh, okay. 
I mean, fair because you it's, know it, it, it's it's it is ours. Our friend Nick, yours and mine, but like it's Matt's a very relationship, friendship. Matt's relationship to, to the two of us may be a little bit more fraught, depending on how we're abusing him this week. It's like two bullies found each other, and they were like, "Hey, who's that little guy in the corner? <laughs> Who can we bully more? Yeah, from afar." Actually, I remember we were doing this podcast uh, on the second floor of a building. Uh, ben Rayo's some. Not Ben's, but yeah, it's an office suite. Yeah, it was an office suite, whatever uh-huh. it was. Oh, it was the former uh, office of downtown Lisa Main Street. There there you go. That's Above f- what is now Country Club Bank. Yeah, first first time I'd ever been in there, and the only time I'd ever been in there was for the first podcast right. I'd done with you guys. We've done, and so, yeah, we, we and we've things have changed over those years. But in the end, the work you're doing, at least some of social services, and to be clear, in addition to being uh, one of the bright lights of our nonprofit community, your organization and your leadership of it. Uh, you are, you have, uh, you know, you're our buddy and it's fun. And this is why, of course, that we have taken such great pains to harass Matt Sanding on the podcast over these last six years, um, including the entire muzzle Matt process and all the things that we have Which said. Which is maybe the worst bit or campaign that we have done. Well, because, well, we just, we didn't We never actually it. did the campaign part. Right, we did never sell it really I, well. I was so. under the impression I was going to be a millionaire after that. Oh, well, I wish didn't but work. It no. didn't work. Shutting you up apparently is not the way to get people to give you money. I didn't really shut up either. I had to just use different outlets. I know. So clearly what we need to get you on is just have you. There's your new podcast idea, Nick. You'll have Matt on incessantly every week talking at great length until people give social services enough money for him to go back to work. <laughs> We're going to call it the little brother <laughs> campaign where he's just going to like stand there and tap people on the shoulder until they donate. Hey, 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 give give us some cash. It's been working so far. Huh? Well, look, I'm that. Matt, you fundraise the way you need to, buddy. <laughs> Look, exactly, exactly. But, you know, what are you doing? Uh, How's the social services agency doing? We're doing okay. You know, uh, we're staying really busy. Um, you know, we've got some – the holiday season's kind of always a, a really bright spot because we, we get to see a lot of smiles concentrated in a very short amount of time. Um, and so that really does brighten our – you know, day and it helps recharge our batteries after what's been a really long summer. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's been a lot of, uh, utility and rental assistance, a lot of food, uh, tons of food, um, and then clothing assistance and, you know, hotel stays when the evictions take place. Uh, so we've been staying busy with a lot of that stuff, but, but really it's, it hasn't been any busier with our existing clients um but we are seeing some new clients a lot of new clients so well you know one of the things probably struck us jason when we first when we first started having you come on the show every once in a while and really it was we invited you the first time and then i think the next several times where matt just like guys i need to talk yeah (laughs) but i think one of the things you are a lee summit guy you grew up here you're from the community you stayed in the community there are obvious familial ties to the agency. Your your grandmother. Uh, helped, yeah, I was going to say that's it. not obvious to everybody. Your grandmother helped start it. She was the executive director for for many years before grooming you <laughs> and passing the passing the baton. But but I think what struck us too was you are your your connection and your love of the community. Even though that with your job you are a lot of times seeing people at horrible moments in their lives but you're still out there cheerleader for the community every day. I think that's the easiest part. I've been in sales before and in sales, um, 
you you normally have a, a product or something in in return for or in exchange for goods or or, or money or money. something yep. and uh, in this role um, I get to tell people about what we do with that that five dollars or that five thousand dollars and 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 you know it all stays right here it's actually a great source of pride that we have a community and a community agency that is able to in a very hyper local way focus on the individuals who live here um and so we don't have one of those cookie cutter uh, approaches we've we've tailored one for this community and i think that that is one of the reasons why um we as a community is, have really seen some improvement. We've seen a decrease in the amount of poverty in Lee Summit as compared to um, the last census. Um, and so, you know, self-reported data is still that. But, I mean, we've seen a decrease where we've seen other communities see an increase. So I feel that we've been productive, but we're, we're all ready for it to slow down a little bit. Yeah. Well, so, uh, that and I think that speaks to the thing that surprised, I would say, I I assumed when we started that obviously there's more need than you just see on the surface, like in our day to day, our very privileged day to day lives, right? I mean, like we have we you know we have housing that's stable and we have food and like we don't have yeah, a lot the, of want. The picture, or, the picture of Lee Summit, right, is that of a of, of an affluent community with with not a lot of economic strife. And and so and while you understand on sort of like like the very back end intellectual level that there's more need than that right we're not and not everybody in least summit is well to do and rich and we all have people you know and there are people that are that are going along okay and they have events happen and and they get that stuff as well but the depth and the the breadth of the need in the community was something that was surprising to me when you know when you started first talking about that i mean in terms of maybe you guys don't sell enough of how much you actually do um, in the community and, and other, the other, some of the other agencies that, um, or, or nonprofits that, that serve people in need uh, in the community, but how, like how much of that actually does happen in the summit. So how, I know that there has obviously that you'll be shocked to know that will uh, this is a, a ringing theme. The pandemic ruined everything, right? COVID ruins everything. It obviously had an impact on that. There was a lot of rental, uh, issues and what have you. So, but other than that, other than sort of just like pure pandemic stuff, what, what's the stuff that you're seeing now that is different than, you know, the last census count or whatever you want to, however you want to go through that? Uh, well, you know, so when, when COVID, I don't, you, we would like to say calendar year, this fiscal year, that whatever. But um, when we look at from a service standpoint, we just say during COVID, Right. Um, and so where our utility and rental assistance budget was about $120,000 per year uh, with COVID during this COVID period, we're approaching $4 million in, in assistance to the community. And so, so that's in two and a half years. So you're talking more than 10 times the size. Yeah, right. And so when you, you know, we look at, okay, COVID as a virus, COVID is something health related. People have, have kind of gotten over that, whether they decided to get whatever, but they're over it. And so they're, they're back out there working or doing whatever. Uh, but one of the interesting things is from a funding perspective, uh, all this funding rolled out from the federal level with the, uh, the COVID 
you know, uh, whatever. And then the Inflation Reduction Act. So all this money was thrown out there and they said, mm, go fix it. And so it trickles down to municipalities, states, municipalities, and then people like us. And so we have a timeline that's uh, half as long, uh, paperwork that's twice as much uh, to go through all those layers and then um, ultimately get it to the people if they qualify. And so now that a lot of nonprofits have been two plus years into this, some of them have started writing that money into their budget. And so the problem with that is that money was temporary. It was it was a, a measure to stop the bleeding, stop the hemorrhaging. And so when that money goes away, in some cases for some agencies, they may go away too. Um, people built an entire uh, wing onto their agencies for programs that could be sponsored by this with, you know, hopes that it was going to last and it's not or at least everything I can tell it's not. Well, any of these things, I mean, I know you know this better than anybody. It's this stuff is just from one to the next. Like you are um, the nonprofit for which I used to work, got granting through HUD for various programs. And that, you know, when there was a change in administration in Washington, D.C., the nature of the granting program changes, and you get that same thing, right? Or the whims of Congress or whatever the things are, right? We're all at that sort of, or what the state government decides to do this year and let alone what our local or, city council is. Or what the next disaster type thing is, right? right. Natural disasters, pandemics. Like all of it. Things happen mm -hmm. and that changes where, where the funnel points. But That's I was, right. uh, so let me ask it this way. So you obviously, I know that there, there was an increase in need for rental utility assistance during COVID because of the loss of jobs and all the things that happened, the health and what have you. Mm -hmm. Has it slacked off? So I think what it's, what it's done is it is taken our ability to assist families has brought them up to speed and many of them have gotten back into a, a place that they were at before and hopefully better off than what they were before COVID. Um, and so for those that are not, whether it be because they cannot or simply cannot reach that same point pre COVID, um, we have to work with them and, and, and find out how much how to stabilize. And, and I, I know obviously numbers in, increased, but I don't know if it's percentage is the right question here, but how much of, of your work was in that rental assistance space before COVID? I mean, was that already maybe a, a problem that people didn't realize? You know, oh, sure, certainly. Yeah, like, you know, so like I said, our, our annual budget prior to COVID was about $120,000. Now that was that amount because we took the average annual sales of the thrift store and we said, okay, it brings in hundred some odd thousand dollars a year. And so then we averaged it out per month and we gave our, our caseworker Jana the budget. Here's $10,000. Bless you. Um, here's $10,000 a month. You're so, fired by the way. Okay, <laughs> fine. No, I quit. <laughs> but, but yeah, $10,000 a month is her budget. And so if she's got, 30 families lined up, she has to decide if $800 for this family is, is enough to keep everything going or if she has to, you know, maybe give $400 to two families. So it first and foremost, it's how do we keep the lights on or how do you keep you in that home? 
And then next is how do we go far enough where you as a, as a, as a renter can catch up before we have this conversation again, because that money that we don't have, we don't have that for a second time. We don't have that money, those resources again. So is that, uh, so, I mean, so that that's the need. And then obviously we had this greater need and then you had access to money, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, the rarest and greatest of nonprofit capacities, right? Just like, Oh wait, we have money we can use. Um, if you were tackling that for the city, like, I mean, not for the government, but like in for like the whole city, you, you had money to spend what like 120 wouldn't 120 doesn't get everybody what they need. Right. I mean, that's, I, I think that's pretty obvious and no nonprofit fills the bucket entirely mm-hmm. in any given space that they sit. Is the need now that we are, I refuse to say post-pandemic, but at least like moving through that process and it's not the acute shock to the economy that we've had. Is the need now greater than it was in 2019? I think the the need looks different. Um, the families that were stable, working, hourly jobs, um, uh, for many of the uh, high labor jobs um, that might be lower skill, th- a lot of them were considered essential, you know, when we still had that essential, non-essential conversation. And so for those folks that stayed essential, they, they, they maintained and they were able to keep up and, and hopefully even saw a, a wage increase or certainly increased hours. Um, so they weren't, affected some of the folks that were affected were the ones that were not essential that may have lost that work uh, lost that employment and then that didn't rebound as quickly so they started getting behind on those bills so that's where that first round of that uh, eviction more the moratorium on evictions uh, came out that protected a lot of people from being evicted and then it kind of settled into when does the eviction or moratorium actually end and so depending on how people use that time, they had programs like this that were in place, this uh, emergency rental assistance program, and that could help with, um, with up to, I believe it's 15 months, 15 to 18 months of rent, uh, should somebody have been out of work that long. And so they have to follow the, you know, certain, you know, uh, justifications for that. But we, we have seen that. And so what we've, with, Folks at this particular point in COVID, they're just now coming into us. It's either a second round of assistance when they got it early, early on when there were more restrictions on the on that, like three months of funding or mm-hmm. three months worth of assistance. And then it, at some point mid-program, pro, mid it changed to 18 months. You know, some of those programs. So people came back in for that. Uh, they weren't able to keep up. Or... In some cases, people didn't know that that was going to come to an end. So we helped with the education on that and then got them caught up, caught up if, if they needed that help. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of some stragglers still coming in. Now, certain communities are feeling it differently. Ours just happens to be most, most of the stragglers. But our average rent here in town is quite a bit higher and so it costs that much more to catch up. Sorry, that was a long answer. No, that's okay. Well, actually, you lead us down this road, and I know we, we um, 
that has been a change as well that you've seen is that with the rents have gone up a fair bit in these last couple of years. In addition, I mean, overall, I mean, it's been ongoing, but I think it's been pronounced in the last couple of years. And I know that that's something that you've run into. How is that impacting your work? And how is that like, how, what, from what you see, how is that impacting like the city? Well, so, okay, we're always going to have the debate on multifamily. And we have uh, a handful of multifamily, uh, you know, apartment complexes here in town. You know, the ones that are older, and I'm talking 30 plus years old, um, you know, if they're being purchased by an out-of-town landlord or someone who doesn't have a connection with Lee Summit, then a lot of that dialogue that we're able to have to advocate on behalf of those clients isn't there. And in some cases, these, these folks that, that sold their apartment complex. And, and by, and by that, you mean your advocacy is, is to work with them so that your, they can work through your systems for, for to rent. stop the eviction, right. To keep people in the homes. That's right. And so, so, you know, in some cases we ask them to waive a late fee um, because a lot of the federal funding excludes certain types of uh, other other expenses, and so we work with the landlords, and in 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 return for you removing late fees, we will give you a check for this full amount, and then we work with the tenant to make sure that they can make those future payments uh, or have some sort of plan moving forward. Because otherwise, what good is it? You know, some say, you know, they they're gonna they're gonna get a you know a, a serve. They're gonna have to go to court, but ultimately. Are they going to recoup those those monies after legal expenses, even if they recoup some of it? So we just try not to go to court at all. And we can do that by guaranteeing this money um, and then having that dialogue. So like I said, when, when you have new faces come to town, you try to create that dialogue. We try to make sure that for the tenants, we have a safe environment, no mold. Um, you know, we're, we're not like HUD Section 8 where we require conditions to be a certain way but you know when you have a family coming in because they have hospital bills because their their child has been exposed to black mold that's growing in the walls and the landlord doesn't want to have anything to do with it because he knows he has a cheap place for rent certainly in lee summit cheap as anything under a thousand bucks a month for a one bedroom so those folks tend not to complain as much because they're fearful of being evicted and their kids are in a great school district. They're, they're uh, a community that has very low crime. We're a very attractive place to live. So I, I was struck by something you were talking about there. It seems to me so like victory uh, insofar as there ever is one for you guys. is not just keeping them from being evicted today, but hopefully like putting them in a place where they can continue to keep from being evicted. Is that something that you guys focus on when you're like trying to prioritize and organize and, and shape your program? Is that something you guys focus on? Yeah. I, I, I talked to our caseworker. Our goal is not to just pay the man. We we're, we're not just giving money to clear a debt. That's not what we do. Um, we are there to, make sure that we find stability in these individuals' lives. Uh, and so we, for those individuals, we do a budget workup. 
we talk about their current job, if they're seeking, you know, higher wages or whatever, what their skill set is. Um, but, you know, if we were doing our jobs really well, the best we ever could, one visit, one visit, and then we would never see a client again. If we did everything perfectly and the client did everything that we could recommend, we would only see them once. That doesn't happen all the time, but that's the goal. That, that, that could be, I guess, how disheartening is it? Because I'm sure you can't hit that goal. Like, it just doesn't happen often, right? It's the little steps, the, the, little, the little bits, little bits and pieces that keep us going. And then, you know, you do hear about the really significant ones that, you know, sometimes it's just one component that can go in, that can take one household into a drastically different direction. One mistake at 18 years old, you know, you, you have a felony on your record. And then all of a sudden, your job prospects, uh, all of a sudden, other things that you can and can't do might not be on the table. And so, or even just one financial mistake when you're young because you didn't learn or whatever, right? That's right. And you're, or like, you're you paying know, for that for years. Or you, right. you get COVID. I mean, like, as simple as that, you get COVID and mm-hmm. everything can go. Because we, so many people... And and this isn't family member. This COVID. isn't just the left end of the bell financial, the economic bell curve in Lee Summit. This is a lot of people are one hiccup or probably larger than a hiccup away from that process. And if they can't recover right away, it can lead to this. I mean, this is the bankruptcy lawyer coming out, right? Uh, it can, <laughs> Not anymore. It can lead to this process as a whole like snowball avalanche thing, right? Where it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and you can't, right. st- and you, you lose the ability to stop it. Right. And that's where an agency like social services can come in or other stuff as well, up to and including a bankruptcy if required. But where that's like, can you, you know, at times you can stop the snowball where a person might not be able to on their own. Well, and, and, and I've, over the years, I've called you a couple of times to talk about whether bankruptcy might be, um, you know, appropriate for a client mm-hmm. that has a particular scenario. And you've always been good about saying, you know, probably not now, or yeah, that's an option, but. Or, it'll solve some of your problems, but not the one you're trying to fix. Today, right, guess, exactly. So. And so, so, you know, those are, yeah, conversations that, that we, that we that we have and, 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 but those are all things that can, and I'm very happy to have been almost entirely useless to you over the years on that front, <laughs> but your uselessness was, was well still useful. Well, it was think, still useful. Yeah, I know. And, and, and not to take the, the spotlight off of the awesomeness that is your agency, but, but one of the things you just said there about it'll fix some of the problems. One of the things I think is cool about the community is there's kind of an ecosystem. You have other agencies and other things that you work with so that you can try to, get in on all or all or as many of those problems a, a, as you can. Like you've, you've kind of worked with and created this system of, of people throughout the community. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's, you know, you, you can take different approaches as a nonprofit. Um, as a nonprofit, you, you see something that you like or see something that doesn't exist and you want to replicate it. Um, and so you can either uh, create that program or you can create a much shorter uh, uh, path to a program that's really, really good at what they do. So when you do interact or you meet someone, you can get them to that program. Uh, Hillcrest is a is, Hillcrest Transitional Housing is a great example of that because 
The Hillcrest program is very rigid, and the application process is 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 not the quickest. It requires you to 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 be prepared. It requires you to do some soul searching. It requires you to to meet certain criteria, and so when these clients come into our door, we know that there's an eviction that's imminent or something like that. We know that we've got Hillcrest in the corner. When we have a, a, a victim of domestic violence, we know that we can call Hope House, our friends at Hope House. Mental health, we've got Rediscover on speed dial. And so, yeah, we try to be that connection point for any resource that might not be attainable. I know that during COVID, we retained an attorney to work with our clients for eviction, utility, debt collection, things like that, that they feel like maybe they weren't getting a fair shake on. Attorneys don't just sit there waiting for someone to say, hey, I can't pay you, but will you come work for me? I, I think Jason... It, I mean, know, I was really good at finding those clients, but yeah, you're right. That's not something we <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how many friends called and said, hey, start my time? You know, put me on the clock right now. Put me on the clock. What? Let me send you a retainer and then we'll, we'll continue this conversation. Exactly. Not a lot. Um, including you, Matt, by the way, I, I got, I got my fair share. <laughs> I got my fair share, but, but that's the kind of stuff. So, so when you don't have access to an attorney to at least tell you, yeah, this looks right or it doesn't, um, that starts the entire motion. You know, you don't have an attorney for a debt that, that you may or may not have had. And then you don't show up to court because it's going to cost you money for an attorney you know, you're, you're there. You don't have any defense necessarily. You don't know how these people in this building function. I mean, one puts on a robe and the other guys just argue back and forth. That's what some, a lot of people see. And I mean, it's not wrong. Right. And there's detail, right? There's detail in it. And, and that detail gets lost on people. And so sometimes you just need to sit down and find out what they need. And if you can stop one bad thing from happening, maybe all these other bad things don't happen. And so we like to get our hands in there as early as possible. And I think that's where we've seen a lot of our success. I want to switch gears a little bit. All right. As we, as we wrap, wrap up this, this conversation, I want to kind of revert back to something you mentioned earlier. You mentioned the, the thrift store, the part of Lee summer social services is a, is a local thrift store and that helps fund all of the service that you do, this rental assistance and stuff. Let's let's talk a little bit about what's there. I think not everybody, not enough people know that it's there and what's available, how that works. Yeah. So before it was a thrift store, people just donated hand-me-downs. They they would just, hey, we take a bag of shirts and we accepted them. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the the mound of shirts got so big and not that many people were coming in asking for 16 large shirts and so uh we opened up it got a little bit bigger and then at some point it was like all right let's make a thrift store where all the money stays right here at this agency and that'll be our our platform and so now it is a it is 70 to 80 percent of our entire emergency assistance budget is is what we can generate from the thrift store and so donations donated um, you know, we'll generate money or, uh, for families that, that don't have the, the monetary resources, uh, to, to, to buy this stuff, they can come in with a voucher and receive whatever's in our thrift store at no cost. Looking for a job and you need, you need something to put on for the interviews. We've got, we've got, we've got stuff closed. there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and you've got you've got household items. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 all of it, you know, that, that's the thing. Now, you, you some some thrift stores have different uh, hip things that they do trends you know we're 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 changing we're getting some exciting sales that we're going to be rolling out we're going to have a lot of new inventory we're i'm enjoying have... matt trying to talk about being hip for a moment just taking that <laughs> i'm hip i'm with it sure yeah. sure dad yeah <laughs> i got the dad bod before it was even cool fair yeah trendsetter uh, yeah i'm a trendsetter it's the first time ever um but anyway no the thrift store is great it, there's there's always something interesting in there but we're gonna we're, we're doing some changes we're, we're moving some things around trying to make it more customer friendly um you know we love the donations but we also love people shopping you know we've got to move the product um it keeps it out of the landfill it you know it it, it does good for the entire community uh, and I think that's the that's the beautiful ecosystem that you were talking about, Nick. It's, and I am passionate about this community. This is home. This is where I want my kids to grow up. It's where I've grown up. My daughter just started as she's the third generation Lisa on high school tiger. Um, I'm very proud of this community, and I think we've had some really awesome leaders do some neat things in a place that I'm very proud to call home. Are you are you uh, saving the, your job for your daughter, or are you waiting for a grandchild to hand it to? I hope my daughter like follows her dreams and I want her to experience a few more things before, before you lock her down and make before her, we lock make, her down, lock her down and make her run yeah. this nonprofit forever. I, her, I want her, I want her to have some fun. Yeah. You know, I, if go to college, get a job, do all that, but then you're coming back. Yeah. You know, I, you know what I think, I think if she finds something cool, I, th- I think she would love to travel the world. And, uh, she talked about going into nursing um, and so we'll see what well, you the, can actually make money as a nurse as opposed to a nonprofit employee. So, yeah. And, and then she said she didn't want to work that much. And I said, well, then maybe you just need to become a surgeon, you know, um, <laughs> or an attorney or an attorney. Yeah. Hey, the guy who's writing the college checks might not want to encourage her to go be a surgeon. <laughs> I'm, I'm relying on an academic scholarship, maybe swim, but, uh, but yeah, n- n- you know, and I didn't see the, uh, opportunity for economic development on the college courses, uh, but then I looked a little bit deeper and I had to find it somewhere in the mm-hmm. jargon that doesn't make any sense. And sure enough, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Little bits and pieces. And I, I mean, not that like you get that job because you know anything about economic development, but you know, you can do that. Well, when I heard you were going to go to Blue Springs for the EDC. Mm-hmm. Do we, do we, do we, do we have to say that name? Blue Springs? I think we. Is that triggering for you? It really is. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I was I was trying to think. Okay, economic development in Blue Springs. What are they putting a roundabout on Seven Highway? Wow. All right, you're gonna go here. You're yeah. you're gonna there throw already is one. It's been there for forty years. Yeah. Wait, we got Christmas in the park. All you do is kind of you know you, you just really? use Seven Highway really? as Christmas in the park. You got so many stoplights. You're gonna start. You're trying to get me fired before way, I even start the talk, new job. Talk like Matt. this is what will bring you back, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Add one more stoplight, make them wait three more minutes, and your gas sales go away. <laughs> wow. Um, Look, he just, he six, just stole your job. Six years on, he is finally returning the slander. <laughs> I, I'm proud of you, Matt. Matt, Matt thank you. That, well, was, that was wonderful. That was also, excellent. Also, thank you for, for coming back on the show. And uh, do we have to say goodbye to Jason? Okay. No. You, you don't. Episode. I mean, like, we're just not recording podcasts anymore. <laughs> not, not ever seeing each other again. So, well, at least that's the lie you've told me so far. So, can I can I propose a neutral ground, a Switzerland of sorts? Sure. About Station Seven, right r- down there, run by Martin over. City. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, that's a good place to. It's a middle ground. We don't want to. We do we do we not want to go to like the marina, 
Latawana. That's I mean, well, that's then, technically neutral ground. Well, then we've got the three communities involved. I can count that high. It's a neutral ground. It's a middle ground, like in between, like connecting the two cities. Well, well here's what, the good. Here's the good. It's thing the theory I'm going with. Jason isn't moving. I'm not. I'm still he a was, resident of Lee Summit. He will remain a resident of Lee Summit. He'll just be a traitor during the workday. God, well, I mean, he, he already was. All this abuse that I am taking, I don't think really anybody ever considered KCK competition for the no. summit. That's, no. But Blue Springs, that gets a little. No. Well, especially little like, we have football fights. Especially and all sorts of if things, you so. know Matt's a OG Lee Summit. You know, and you're a you're a uh, op- opposite direction trader from Blue Springs to Lee the, Summit. Well, look, I I I grew up and saw the light. Sure. And That's I came to the other side. That's what you did. Okay. Well, hold on. I do have a question though. All okay. right. So here we go. Okay. Lee Summit. We've got we've got barbecue. Uh-huh. You know, we've got some you know solid stuff. You were in the dot and you had tacos. Uh-huh. Blue Springs kind of like Toronto. I mean, what, what lit- do they have? Literally, they got, they actually, actually, they are famous once a year during their fall fun fest. There is a church. You'll like this, Matt. They are sort of famous for their burgers. Okay. All right. So I'm going to note this. That's literally going to be part of my job is to figure stuff like that out. So we're going to, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how that goes. The minute you poach one of my places, uh-huh. I, I'm coming for it. We're coming for it. There will be blood. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. We'll talk to everybody next time.